Well, week two of uh, From Here to There, again, a podcast on discipleship and uh, what God wants to do in our life. And uh, again, we're just reviewing uh, the message um, from Sundays. And I, I want to start by just talking about the themes of Scripture. Um, there are many themes that you can see playing out throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, um, water being one of them, and, and understanding that the power of water and, and what water symbolizes. We have baptism, we have the flood. Uh, we have Jonah, um, and all centered around water. Even um, Jesus talks about the sign that he was going to give was just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of fish, so he would be also. Um, and he, and that, that symbolism of, of water being a big part of it, and, and, and light and darkness. Um, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And you see this um, even through the prophets and uh, the nation of Israel, this this talk of light in Genesis uh, one, he talks about let there be light, the very first thing he creates, and the and the goodness of that, and the beauty of that, and the um, there, there's that that theme um, playing out. There, there's the theme of trees. Um, again, I was listening to the Bible Project podcast, and they were talking about trees, the tree of life, um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and a lot of the things that God, when God shows up, happens around a tree. And so we see these um, these themes, uh, bread, and um, uh, just over and over again that are brought up, and you can see them playing out and teaching us through Scripture, through the Passover, and through the upper room, and and uh, we can kind of learn about who God is through um, these themes, and and He really reveals incredible uh, doctrine and incredible truth um, through all of these themes. And I just want to hit one. Theme. It's not one of the major ones, but it is one that is very powerful, and um, it's in Genesis one, and then, and then Jesus actually talks about. Um, I think this is one of the main things he talks about in his stories and his parables. Um, Genesis one, he talks about uh, creating trees and, and plants. He said, and the word he uses, seed bearing, um, over and over again. I think four or five times. He's like, yeah, we're, I'm creating seed bearing plants, seed. And uh, there's a lot of um, theology in seed, but there's a lot. If you really look at the power of seed, one of the things that he uh, teaches is that the, the these small, tiny, um, almost things that you could almost drop and lose are so powerful. They have so much strength in them that that it grows. A little seed can grow to become a, t- a huge tree. And so I wanted to spend a little bit of time on Matthew 13 because he tells a few stories. Um, about uh, seeds and and how it works and and the one one parable goes like this. It's in Matthew thirteen, and uh, he said Jesus says he told him another parable. This is uh, verse thirty one. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. All right, so understand what a mustard seed is. A mustard seed um, comes from a mustard tree, uh, mustard plant, and it's they say it's one of the smallest seeds that you can have. All right, and so which a man took and planted in his field. And so someone took a mustard seed and they planted it. And this is the, this, and he's, by the way, the parable is a, uh, almost like an earthly story, a story that we can understand that has incredible theological or um, just spiritual meaning for us. He says, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest garden plant and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So he says the kingdom of heaven. So we have to understand what is he teaching right here? And he's teaching 
that that the reign of God, the, the kingdom of heaven is something that's predicted about in the Old Testament. In fact, I think even in the garden, it was supposed to be the, the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the place where God is king and he rules and he is just and righteous. And he says we, they were all waiting for the kingdom of God because um, for the Jewish people, the kingdom of God and the um, the nation of Israel were tied together. And so when they thought about the, the greatness of their nation, because they were God's chosen people, they con- they connected it to the kingdom, the reign of God, the kingdom of God. And so God had um, kind of uh, told this story in the Old Testament of, of this idea of theocracy, that, that Israel was not really supposed to have a king. And if they ever asked for a king, it would only cause trouble, higher taxes and and just then it would lead the nation astray. And so God was like, just just follow me, trust me, let me be your king. But Israel wanted to be like every other nation. They wanted a king. And so they like, we need a king. And so they got a king and, and Saul and David and Solomon and then the kingdom was split. And but and yet they never really got to experience, maybe in pieces, that the reign or the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus comes, his message is, is a pretty basic one that he starts preaching. The kingdom of God is near. Or another version says that the kingdom of, the kingdom of God is here. There's this offer of the reign of God. Now, what they got wrong a little bit um, in their theology or their thought process was they thought that God was uh, Jesus was offering it on a um, on a national level. On the um, there, it was he was going to defeat the Roman Empire and lead them to the greatness of their nation. He was offering though a personal kingdom. And so he says, I'm a, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the very thing that we all want, justice and peace and um, joy and the, the place, um, we might call it, if you ever are familiar with um, like Camelot and, and the, the picture of Camelot, this perfect kingdom, he says that kingdom, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance to that. And there's a lot of Old Testament in that. And so to really grab on, um, or at least to have a little bit more clarity on that, you may want to get in the Old Testament. Just look up the kingdom of heaven. And he, then he uses that phrase throughout all of Matthew and the, other, and the other gospels. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, though it is the smallest of the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest garden plant. Now, now think about that for a second. He is, he is talking about the small beginnings. First of all, the kingdom of God wasn't going to come with a army um, going to take over, and it wasn't going to be this... Um, large moment in history when everything changes, even though it was, it, it was going to become in the smallest form, the smallest way. The rain, Think about that. The reign of God, God who is like infinite and um, is the creator of all things, who, who, is, who can be everywhere all at once and knows everything. He decides to make the, his reign based on a small thing that someone plants, they, they, they put it in the ground, they, they allow it to grow, they, it becomes part of their life, and though it's a small seed, it grows to become one of the largest trees. He says that's what the kingdom of God's going to be like. He's almost picturing out the church. And what's going to happen, he says, you know, I'm going to plant in 12. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a really small thing. It's going to be 12 people that you wouldn't even consider like worthy of um, on me using. But... When they are rooted in me and they really accept the gospel, the good news, and they really let me lead, then the movement of God will be on display. Listen, there's some incredible principles in there. Um, the one verse we used Sunday was, don't despise small beginnings. God has always chosen. That's why the power of the seed is such a great 
um, theology because God has always chosen the small. It seems like he's he's always David versus Goliath, the small, the nation of Israel, small, the the different battles that he goes into in the Old Testament, small, the people uh, that he chooses to be his disciples, very inadequate and and in some ways small. And so God chooses the small things to grow them, and then it becomes something big. It's almost like a snowball effect. You know, you start small and you start spinning it, and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he, he uses these other phrases, which I, I love the picture, that the kingdom of God um, is going to be large, that the birds that can come and perch in its branches. So so even, even those parts that aren't the kingdom get to experience the shade or the goodness of the kingdom. Like the church right now is is... is the representation of his kingdom. And we, because we, we want him to reign where he is reigning. He is, he is, he is king. And he says, if we are allowing him to be king, there are others who will experience the goodness and the light and the, the freedom that we, that the king offers that they'll, they'll in, like, we are supposed to be in the middle of this, this virus and this, this, uh, the racial tension and, and, um, in some way, we are supposed to bring light into the midst of that. Now, I don't know how we have to prayerfully seek God. We have to see him as king and say, all right, God, how do I, how do we maneuver in this time? How do we walk wisely? Help us not to bunker, but help us to step into this. But we are the large, like the kingdom of God, the reign of God is, is going to be this great, powerful, huge thing. And, and, it, and it really is. Um, another story. Um, in Matthew 13, it's really the first story. Um, this is what it says. Um, I'm going to tell you the story first. And actually, Jesus explains it. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. There's that seed again. He's sowing, again, planting seed. Just He's tossing the seed around. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell um, on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. 160, 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. He's like, I hope that you can listen to this, but many won't. And then he explains it later on. He says, listen to this, what the parable of sower means. All right, so now I'll start walking through the theology of it. What is, God, what is Jesus teaching his disciples? He says, listen... Um, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom, what is the message about the kingdom? That he is offering his reign to people's lives. They choose to come follow him or not. Um, for us today, it's the gospel. It's the good news that Jesus, although we don't deserve it, uh, we haven't earned it, we've done nothing to, um, uh, we're not good enough for it, and yet he's offering us this um, this free gift of forgiveness and newness of life and being part of his kingdom that we, we were outside. We're almost, we're being offered an adoption into this new family. And so he says the, the sower is going out to sow that seed, offering it, saying, hey, this, this offer of a king, a righteous king, that you can be in that kingdom is, is available to you. And there's four different kinds of soil that the seed lands in. All right, this the seed has to take root someplace. And so he says that one of the seeds falls along the path where the evil one, uh, Satan, comes and steals it before it takes before it can take off. So those are the people. 
who may hear the, the message of Jesus and may, may read the Bible at some point or hear something, and immediately they just kind of just gets tossed to the side. Um, Satan just says, I don't, it's not even worth thinking about. And the seed never takes root. It's, it's just, it's just on the surface. It's just, and you can be, you can be religious and you can go to church every week and do that. Where you just, it never gets in. It never takes root. You never let the king reign. You, you don't even consider it. You're just going to go your course. Um, he says, uh, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, they never really grasp it, they never really wrestle with it, the evil one comes, snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed that fell along the path. That there's going to be, I don't know if there'll be one quarter of the people, but there'll be some people who will just not accept it. And then he has another seed. Uh, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Now think about that. They, they hear the message of the gospel. They hear the message of the good news. They hear the message of, of Jesus as king. And they get so excited. They're, they're celebrating. They're like, yes, I want that. I, uh, oh, that sounds so good. I want freedom. I want, I want to know what it's like to, to know God. I want, I, want, I want healing in my relationships. I want, my soul is, is hurting and I want that. And they, they get so excited about it. And yet, then it goes on to verse one. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. They it, it it shoots up a little bit, and then then it dies because it doesn't. They don't root themselves in it. They kind of like they want the benefits of it sometimes, but they don't want the the, the reality of, of a king reigning. They they want they want his the king's goodness, but they don't want the king to tell them what to do. And so they they want they they accept it with joy, like yes. But they never like really allow that lordship to transform them, that kingship to really work in their life. And so they jump up, they receive it with joy, and then since they have no root, they only last a short time. When and this is what it says: when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When, when they hit a rough patch, when things don't line up with what they thought they were going to be, they they accepted it because they they wanted they wanted the goodness of. God, they want they want the gifts of God without the kingship of God, and so when hardship comes, when when things don't go their way, they're like, "Where well, where's God in this?" And again, understand that that God has clearly said that in this in this life there will be trouble. And this is the disciples went through trouble. Every person in Scripture pretty much went through trouble. Jesus went through trouble, hardship, and he he doesn't pull back from that. And when our expectation is that he is going to give us everything that we want. And some would call that the prosperity gospel or um, there's other terms for it. He's like, that, that, that's a danger. It's a warning because, yeah, they accept it. You'll, you'll have a lot of like people raising their hands, walking down the aisle, but they, they don't stick around because when things get tough, they, they don't have any, they, there's nothing sticking them to it. There's nothing that they're rooted in. They're not rooted in the gospel. They're not rooted in a new identity. They're not rooted in a new them. They're not rooted in the, the way that God wants to transform their life. And so they just, the, the vine dies. There's another one. Um, Verse 22, the, the seed falling among thorns refer to someone who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. They, they, there's some seed that falls and they start growing and things are good. Um, they accept a little bit of, of his kingship. And then all of a sudden, other things start um, taking attention. Other, well, maybe we would use the word idols. 
would come in and get their attention. And so he says, the worries of this life, maybe it's busyness for some of us. Maybe it's um, how to pay the next bill. Um, Maybe it's the, what what it is, the deceitfulness of wealth, which is the lies that a little bit more will make you happy. And all of a sudden those things start choking out the, the, the goodness of his reign. It's almost like you get distracted. You're like, yeah, that, you, you start going in a direction and you're like, oh, this is good. This is really good. And all of a sudden, other things pop in and take over. Um, there, there's weeds in my garden. Um, we have a flower garden that was planted before we moved in the house, and it's beautiful. Um, there's so many great flowers, but there, but it gets out of control so fast. And every once in a while, we get, dig in there, and all of a sudden, we see these flowers that are absolutely gorgeous that are choked out that they couldn't even flourish they couldn't flower because all the weeds were growing up around them we had to clean out the weeds in order for that to plant to flourish i mean that's true of our life maybe that's true of the kingdom maybe that's true of, of this uh, this principle of seeds is the seed is it's an incredible seed there's incredible beauty in it it's gonna it's gonna be an amazing journey but we have to weed that our lives and and cut back of the junk around it and, and be careful of the deceit from the lies of, of money and wanting more of it and the worries of this life. And, and you understand what all that, what, what we live right now, we live in a time where worry is like constant. Like there's so much to worry about. We have the elections coming up. We have um, how schools are going to play out in the fall. We have colleges and, and, um, and job situations there is a lot of things to worry about and the, and the lie is that w- that worry all of a sudden becomes bigger than your god listen the kingdom of, his reign is good and he will walk you through it um and i don't know when the timing is but eventually as you weed those things away you will you will see you'll produce a crop um the last one says this the seed falling on good soil refer to someone who hear the word and understands it. So they hear the message of the kingdom and they understand it. They're like, wow, that's that's amazing. And they this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. They produce fruit. There is the, the fourth seed. There, there are these four categories of people who all hear the message. And notice that the sower has, doesn't really have control of that. He just he, all his job is is to plant seeds. He's not there to um, make it grow. Um, the, the the sower in this story, the farmer, only has one job, and that's to sow the seed. And wherever it goes, it goes. And and it almost seems like God, Jesus, experienced this. As great of a teacher as he was, there were four different kinds of people who were listening to him. Those who did never really accepted it. Those who um, never um, were, were choked out by the deceitfulness of wealth and, and other things. Um, those who accepted it and were like, yes, that's what, that's what I want. And those who didn't have roots, they, 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 they take off. So we, we see this, the, the, these four people playing out. In the, in the, again, we're, we're talking about seeds. The seed is the same. It's the soil that makes the difference sometimes. There's another story in that um, chapter that I'll, I'll share with you. Um, it says this, um, the, the kingdom of heaven, again, the reign of God is like a man who sowed good seed in this field. There's that word seed again. See, see how many times Jesus uses this seed. And again, it's all back in Genesis and, um, there's all this theology behind it. 
But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And so there's there's good things um, that are growing, and then there's other things that are growing. There are weeds and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the seeds come from? An enemy did this. The servant asked him, Do you want me to go up and pull them up? He says, No, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Now, he's talking about um, really two, like in the same group of people, maybe even in the church you can look at this. There, there are probably weeds, and there are those who are growing up as wheat. They were, they're, they're in our world. There, there are followers of him, and there's people who are, the, who, are, who are letting him reign, and there are those who aren't. They're mixed together. Sometimes you can't even tell them apart. I mean, you can't even like, that they might be in the part of the same church, the same organization. And and yes, Jesus could take them apart, but his decision is the way he, he sees the kingdom playing out is where he's gonna wait till the harvest. He's gonna wait till he comes back and, and then he brings um his justice and his judgment. He, and then he will separate the good seed, the good um the the good wheat from the wheat. And so, again, he's just teaching these spiritual principles about sowing. Because, so, again, understand, the, the seed also connects with harvest. It connects with fruit. And you'll hear these terms over and over again in Scripture. You, there's so many principles just on that one idea of seeds. And so, um, as we wrap up um, today, I just want to show you, um, just talked about the, maybe three or four principles that you can uh, um just grab onto as you look at the kingdom of God being like a seed. Um, one is Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. They're not the same time. Sometimes we expect us to plant and harvest at the same time, but God says there's always time involved. And so a lot of the seeds that you may be sowing may not take you may not even may not take effect may not you may not be able to harvest them anytime soon and the other real truth is sometimes the seed that we plant we never get to enjoy um and sometimes the seed we plant other people get to enjoy we have trees in our yard that we didn't plant and yet we get to enjoy them because someone else planted the seed and so we have to understand that there's there's a time correlation between um, planting seed and, and harvesting. We have to be okay with that time frame. Let me give you a, another um, principle. Um, not all seeds sprout, um, but you are still need to be faithful to to planting seeds, meaning that. That sometimes this again the parable of soil. Sometimes the seeds don't necessarily take root. That's not your fault. That's not that, that's that's that may be the soil. That that's not your your position that he's asked you to do. He's asked you to plant seeds, so you plant them. Another, another principle is you don't have to do things large. You plant small. Sometimes the smallest things you do has the most incredible power. So plant small and let God do the growth. Um, the amount of seed correlates to the amount of harvest. 
again, the more seed you put out there, the more you'll see those seeds take effect. Some won't, but um, this is what 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says. Uh, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Basically, it's a, it's a principle. The more you sow, the more seed you put out, the, the greater your harvest will be. And maybe, again, I'm going back to the main verse that I, I love and I want to encourage you with as we wrap up this podcast today. Zechariah 4.10 says, and this is about seeds. This is why the principle of seeds is, is so important. It says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Just plant seeds. Just, just celebrate the small. Um, allow God to grow what he desires to grow. And don't despise don't get frustrated at it not being what you thought it should be. You know, again, there's so much more there, and I, I could go deeper in that. But I hope that's helpful to you in understanding the the, the, the seed theme in Scripture. And you can study it. You can look up. Uh, you can Google it. Let's put uh, seed in Scripture and kind of stuff. You can do that with any kind of theme, um, water and that sort of thing. But there's 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 so so much beauty um, to what God wants to teach us through these themes that we see from Genesis to Revelation. And, uh, you know, Revelation really is the harvest. You know, when we get to that point where the kingdom of God comes in its fullness and we are brought into his kingdom and we get to experience his goodness and justice and um, the, the freedom and the healing of the nations and the beauty of that, that's the harvest. And so we're not in the harvest yet. We're, we're still sowing seeds. Um, we're still seeing seeds grow, but, uh, at this point, what we're called to do is sow more seeds of the kingdom and his gospel. And so I hope you move from here to there today. I hope that you move um, into this new way of thinking about um, just, just what you're sowing. Um, and we hope that you, you uh, come back next week. Uh, we'll go a little bit different next week, uh, talking about how we we'll go back to how we form our worldview. But, uh, you know, we hope that you are growing, that your discipleship continues to take um, root and that you grow up to produce a harvest. Oh, 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 oh,